are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Monday edition of Locked On NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts. I'm your Monday host, Jackson Gatlin, also host of Locked On Rockets right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we'll be chatting with Brendan Clean from Locked On Suns. As the Phoenix Suns are undefeated with Kevin Durant in the lineup, how has he integrated himself to the Suns, and how have Devin Booker and Chris Paul adjusted their games accordingly to accommodate him? Then we chat with Alex Wolf from Locked On Knicks. As the New York Knicks have won nine games in a row, including their most recent double OT thriller in Boston, behind a career night from backup guard Emmanuel. Quickly, how have the Knicks been able to keep this win? alive and how impactful has the trade deadline edition of Josh Hart been? Lastly, we chat with Joe Mullinax from Locked On Grizzlies as Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant will be away from the team indefinitely after another off-court incident showing a gun on his Instagram live early Saturday morning, prompting an investigation by the NBA. How concerning are the continued off-court issues for John Morant and how does this impact the Memphis Grizzlies moving forward? As always, thank you so much for making Locked on NBA your first listen each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on NBA. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Suns, Brendan Clean, who you can follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Suns. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Brendan, the Suns 3-0 with Kevin Durant in the lineup. Katie with his best game as a member of the Phoenix Suns Sunday afternoon against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, two teams with some history there, a little bit of history. 37 points on 12 of 17 shooting, including the dagger to put Phoenix up by two, and then the free throws to ice the game. Just over these first three games, right? Suns 3-0. and I mean, how have you seen KD kind of integrate himself over these first you know, few matchups with the Suns? It was it was as seamless as I think we thought in their normal offense, right? Duran is well known as as one of the more malleable superstars that there is, and so I think that was somewhat predictable. But today was always going to be the biggest test, you know. Whether even if he had made his debut right out of the All Star break, Giannis didn't play when when the Suns and Bucks had a matchup last Sunday on ABC. We knew this game was going to be the big one, and to see. A close game down the stretch against a team we know Phoenix doesn't match up well with to have Booker and Durant still have enough chemistry to not trip up on who takes the shot and all that kind of stuff to both be efficient and effective. That was really huge. And so I think uh, I think that was the biggest hurdle that we've seen because look, Charlotte and Chicago, those are are nice games to get some reps and and get your your feet under you but those are not really going to push a championship contending team this was a test and they passed it and in this game as well uh, Devin Booker against the the Mavericks wound up going 35 plus he's gone 35 plus in each of these three games alongside Kevin Durant what is having Durant out there on the floor doing for Booker uh allowing him to score against one defender right like <laughs> That's the that's the special thing I think that you're seeing. It's 
Booker can make shots. Booker can make shots over two people. He can get past two people. He can get off the ball when when he's doubled and make the right play and, and make his teammates better. He can do all of that stuff, but it's very hard and it causes turnovers and it's probably not the 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 recipe to win multiple playoff series as we saw with them not getting over the hump with a ring the past two years. And so Booker is about as glorified of a, of a second type of score as you'll see in the NBA right now. And he's just feasting off of the space and the attention that he's not getting the space. He is getting the attention he's not getting. And yeah, he's been, he's been excellent since, since Durant took the floor. Seeing some of that one, two punch in effect, you know, against the Mavericks, there was a play at the end of the first quarter where, you know, Suns are letting the clock wind down. Booker has the ball. He drives and the spacing was just so beautiful because KD is over there off on the wing. And as soon as the help defender lunges a little bit of Booker on the drive, he knows he has that kick out to Kevin Durant who just elevates, drains the three. And it's, I mean, I don't know how teams are going to defend this, you know, at at all later on once we get to the postseason. What other ways are you seeing Booker and also Chris Paul kind of adjust their games accordingly now that they're playing with Kevin Durant in the lineup? Yeah, it's easy basketball. I think when it's at its best and we saw late, it wasn't easy necessarily because the game was tight and and they needed to to just get something. And Durant hits that, that fall away jumper on the left elbow. But I think it was nice to see from a Sun standpoint that uh, one, we you know Booker being effective throughout. He had he was pretty much good throughout the game. He had some some stretches where he went ISO a little bit heavy uh, when he was out there with some bench lineups and and forced some things, but he was awesome. Paul and Aiton, I think, are the two guys you look at, and and it was nice to see that Paul had a jumper and a made three in that fourth quarter when they were kind of building ba- building back and, and taking the lead. And then Aiton to have that final tip dunk that he had and he drew a loose ball foul. Those were both big moments too because there were a lot of times last year where Aiton disappeared in the second round series that these two teams played. He just didn't make an impact on the game because he they were playing small or because he just was disengaged, probably a combination of both. And for him to have very few shot attempts, only six attempts in this game and still be able to finish up with a big play like that, Paul making his shots, that was all all very good to see. You're, you're going to want to get those guys more involved. Maybe it's a rotation decision. Maybe it's just more of a concerted effort by those two star scorers to share the ball with those two a little more. We'll see what it ends up looking like, but you didn't have a, a a problem where Booker and Durant being awesome led to those guys being frozen out or disengaged or, or not effective, and that's pretty cool to see too. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to to know your thoughts. Like, I, you know, Aiton in this game was phenomenal. He's 16 rebounds, but he was kind of you know at times an afterthought offensively. Right, was kind of involved early on in the game, and then just. You know, how much of that is on Aiton for not making his presence felt versus the other four guys on the floor really looking to get him involved offensively? Or is this just simply a matchup thing, uh, you know, against the Dallas Mavericks? No, I think it's it's going to be this way. You know, Um, in a lot of these games, honestly, Aiton has gotten the fifth most shot attempts, not even the fourth. We think of him as kind of the fourth star on this team, and he is, but it's really going to be a two-way factor for him because they're leaving whoever that fifth player is wide open. Josh Okogie took 13 shots, eight threes, missed all of them. And then Ish Wainwright, who they closed with at their their fifth spot, getting open threes himself, takes five shots and, and ties Aiton with, with six total attempts. And so 
that's just going to be a fact of life. There's going to be some games that naturally things flow to him. The pick and roll is open, more offensive rebounds, whatever the case may be. But I think he's going to have to find ways and the coaching staff is going to have to find ways to keep him engaged and impactful. But he's just not going to get the 15 to 20 shot attempts that he might have been early in the season. You talked about the importance of this win a little bit early on against this Dallas Mavericks team, right? Being kind of the first big test for this Suns team with Kevin Durant in tow now. But just how important was this win also just from like a tiebreaker perspective, right? With such a stacked Western Conference with, you know, so few games separating the the teams all the way from, you know, four down to 10 in the West. How important was it for the Suns to be able to even the season series in the event that, you know, maybe they are tied up with the Mavs somewhere down the line? Yeah, that's big. And I think the other part is uh, the Suns probably still feel like they can catch Sacramento for that three seed because they're only three game, two games back now. Sacramento, uh, I think, plays later on Sunday, but that's pretty tight. And they have two games left against one another, including next weekend on Saturday night. So I think that's probably where the Suns have their sights set. Yes, you want to maintain the four seed at least so you have home court in the first round and you never know what's going to happen from there, but getting to three would feel pretty good as well because you don't want to have to play Golden State who seems to have a a nice grasp on that fifth seed right now. So look, the Suns last year, they're saying Chris Paul's phrase, piling up wins. They did not do that for most of the year, but I think that that's what they're going to try to do during this integration process as well. Yes, you want KD to be comfortable, but you can't can't be losing. You got to do both. How long will the Phoenix Suns stay undefeated with Kevin Durant now in the mix? Will we get a Suns-Mavericks playoff rematch this postseason further down the line? Of course, you'll have us covered for all of that and more over at Locked on Suns. Brendan, I appreciate you stopping by Locked on NBA with me. Thank you. Coming up, the New York Knicks have won nine games in a row, including their most recent double OT thriller in Boston. With a career night from Emmanuel quickly, how have the Knicks been able to keep this win streak alive? How impactful has Josh Hart been? All of that coming up here in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Next game, how about Luka Doncic to score more than 26.5 points? What about Giannis Antetokounmpo to have more than 8.5 rebounds? How about Kevin Durant to have less than 6.5 assists? Or maybe Steph Curry to have more than 3.5 three-pointers made? So... What is prize picks? It's daily fantasy sports, but how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. They've got you covered for everything over at PrizePix. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They're safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 bucks price picks will give you 100 bucks if you deposit 50 dollars price picks will give you 50 dollars don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Monday, as always, thank you so much for making Locked On NBA part of your day every single day, free and available on all podcast platforms and YouTube. 
Joining us now is the host of Locked On, Nick's Alex Wolf. You can follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube. Just search Locked On and Nick's. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that great stuff. Alex, the Knicks have collected their ninth straight win, improving to 39 and 27 on the season. They're just one game back now of the Cleveland Cavaliers for that four spot in the Eastern Conference. It was a double overtime thriller in Boston, 131, 129, the final score. And to be able to win this game, with no Jalen Brunson in the lineup, with, with Emmanuel quickly, the way that he performed in this game, right? A career high, 38 points. He played 55 minutes out of the available 58 minutes in this game with the double overtimes. I, I mean, how much of a luxury is it to have a guy like this, like quickly, who can step into the starting lineup and produce at such a high level without Brunson out there? Well, I mean, this is quite frankly why he's the NBA sixth man of the year. Uh, or at least he should be in a few weeks' time when he gets voted to be so. At least that's what we're trying to will into existence as Knicks fans. But, I mean, he's, uh, ironically, his signature performance coming in a start. But the fact of the matter is, is that he provides similar things to what Brunson gives you, but with just amazingly elite defense. I mean, that's his that's his calling card, the hustle plays. I mean, the things that stood out to me more than the – the seven points in the double overtime or the threes or the, the, you know, the runners or, you know, whatever, like every other little thing that he did was the defense he played in this game. And so many pivotal plays that he made in the third and fourth quarter, like the Knicks were down, I think by as much as 12 uh, in the third quarter in this game. And things were starting to kind of slip a little bit and quickly was part of before he did anything else in overtimes or anything else or got up to 55 minutes. He helped stage a Knicks run where he impacted the game on the defensive end and got a huge block at one point, then follows that up with a huge steal, gets a transition bucket. I mean, these are the little things that he does like that. Well, they do show up on the score sheet, but I mean, they, they're the little things, you know, it's like he plays the passing lanes like a madman. He clearly has unlimited energy. Today was the proof. You know, I, I long had theorized that his energy was actually unlimited. Now we can say 55 minutes NBD, you know, a, a game in plus seven minutes of of playtime, you know, it doesn't matter for quickly, apparently. So it was just such a fun game, such an awesome, like, national showcase for him to show off a guy that we really love in our fandom so much. And it, just a seamless fit to pop in there in place of Brunson for a guy that clearly has learned a lot from Brunson, but also has just refined his own skills to such a degree that he's now just a maestro breaking guys down. He's great at setting up teammates and obviously is fantastic on the defensive end as well. What what does this win mean, Alex? Obviously, getting getting your ninth win in, in a double overtime thriller is pretty exciting stuff by itself, but just what does this win mean against a very good Boston Celtics team when you're looking further down the pipeline as to kind of the expectations and some of the goals for the postseason this year for the Knicks? Well, I mean, this is the second time that the Knicks have managed to beat the Celtics in the span of about a week. Uh, the first one is a little more of a laugher than this one, but still a statement nonetheless, you know, to to do this sort of thing uh, in that quick a succession against a, a team that is second in the East right now. That is maybe, I guess, by their standards, like, I don't want to say skidding, but, you know, they did recently lose the number one overall spot, you know, to the Bucks, and like things are things are a little up in the air for them, I guess. But Really, I don't think it's it's so much an indictment of the Celtics it, it, as much as it is, as it is just like shows how well the Knicks are playing right now. They just seem to have no back down in them. 
I don't know. Like there's been plenty of games where they just absolutely smoke opponents lately and blow them out by like 20, 25 points and, you know, just kind of casually cruise. That was sort of the story of the last Celtics game where I think the final score only ended up being a margin of about 12, but it felt like much more than that. I mean, the Celtics were never really in that game. And then there's other ones like this where they, you know, they've kind of taken a, a shot on the jaw at some point in the game. And, you know, these were the moments where the Knicks used to fold uh, and they just don't have that in them anymore. And they seem to have this new gear that they can find, which is the sort of thing you see from really great teams where you just kind of have this faith of like, no, they'll figure it out because they're just that good. And the Knicks right now are that good. They're, you know, they never give up on defense. They are actively learning during the course of a game, which has been something that has been a little tough for Tibbs coach teams historically is adjusting on the fly to things that the other team is doing. But we saw in this game, like normally Tibbs has Mitchell Robinson stay in the paint a ton. And they were doing that early and Al Horford went kind of crazy and it still wasn't perfect by the end, but we did see by the end, Mitchell Robinson staying more on the perimeter, just little things like this, like are making this team play a lot better right now. And I think, really influencing how well they're playing at the moment, their adaptability, the fact that they, that they never give up. I mean, it's, it seems so cliche, you know, these are all things, Oh, like, Oh, they got a lot of dog in them, you know, but like, it's the truth. They just, they don't say die ever right now. And this was just another example. One of the, you mentioned kind of defense there with quickly for a moment, just talking about how, how some of these defensive adjustments over the course of this game is, is what kind of got them the win. A guy that I was so impressed with and, and have been, you know, for a minute now, Josh Hart, who might be one of the most under the radar acquisitions from the NBA trade deadline. Just how impactful has he been for, for Thibodeau and for this Knicks team? Oh, he's been well worth the cost so far. That's for sure. I mean, you know, the Knicks gave up their, their own first round pick this year, lottery protected, which is becoming increasingly less and less valuable with each passing day, which is great. Thanks to Josh Hart and the fact that he is not lost in a Knicks uniform um, and Cam Reddish, who, you know, it, which it doesn't seem like a huge cost to pay right now for a guy that has just been this like much needed shot in the arm. Like it's not that it's not that the Knicks were playing poorly before we got to the team, but they did sort of seem like, they, they lowered down to this nine-man rotation and they were playing Deuce McBride sort of in the minutes or in some of the minutes that uh, Hart has absorbed now. But Hart has also sort of taken some minutes from Grimes and from R.J. Barrett now, which I think was a good thing because those guys kind of, I think, needed a little bit shorter of a leash and better staggered minutes, I think, sometimes. And so now you have Hart in there who's just like the perfect seamless fit with this team. His rebounding, I think for as great as his defense is, I think his rebounding is the best skill that he brings to the table. He's, he's one of the just, best rebounding guards in the league. It's it's crazy yeah. watching him like leap into the land of the trees and like you you mm -hmm. actually feel pretty good about Josh Hart's chances to come away with a rebound in that environment. Yeah, and per cleaning the glass, I think he's classified as a wing this year, but he's like the standard bearer for wings as a rebounder, which is insane because like a lot of wings are a lot bigger than him <laughs> and he still holds that distinction. Um, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I love his energy. Uh, the, just the fact that he is always putting himself between two players and trying to get a loose ball at like pretty much any time there is one is so valuable and it generates so many opportunities for the Knicks. Like in this game, there was one that actually went on call, but like he forced a situation where if the Knicks had opted to review it, uh, Marcus smart was the last guy to touch a ball that Josh Hart was furiously diving on the ground for and creating a situation like that. And it seems like he creates two or three of those per game now at this point 
that uh, come at huge moments and are huge swing plays for the Knicks. And on top of it, like it, he managed to score somewhat decently in this game, like had 10 points. But if he's not scoring the ball, he, there was a game the other day where he had like six points and still had an enormous impact on the game. That's the best thing that you can ask for out of a guy like that. That's a role player, you know, that they don't need the ball, but they'll still come up for you when you need it. And they'll just kind of be low maintenance and do all the dirty work. And that's exactly what Josh Hart does. And he's been so good at it so far. Well, the guy, the guy who's the engine who does so much of the heavy lifting for this Knicks team, Julius Randle has been fantastic mm-hmm. over the nine game streak. He's, he's averaging 30 over 30 a night shooting over 40% from three. He's had a couple 40 burgers. He had the game winner in Miami. I mean, what, what are you seeing that the Knicks are doing or that Randall specifically is doing? That's allowing him to be this effective over the stretch. <laughs> he's kind of just making shots. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's playing like a like a supernova version of what he's been doing pretty much all year, which is he's refined his game down to like he's distilled it almost to like the James Harden shot profile of he pretty much is only shooting at the rim and from three. And he very seldom goes to the mid range shot that was his bread and butter two years ago when he made all NBA. Um, He's just he's completely changed himself as a player. It's like he like went into a cocoon and came out this year and was like, you know, a, a totally different like butterfly of a player here uh, because he's, he's spacing the floor so much better. He's keeping guys honest on the perimeter. He's got these step back threes, just absolutely nailed. I mean, just made another, another ridiculous step back falling out of bounds from the corner three to put the Knicks up going into the fourth quarter in this game in basically the same exact spot that he hit it against the heat the other day. Um, but really most of what it comes down to is shot making. I mean, he's just insanely, insanely hot right now and that'll do it. You know, if, if you have the great shot profile and you've been shooting pretty well, and then all of a sudden you start shooting really well, things are going to look pretty good for you. And that's pretty much the space that he's in right now. How much longer can the New York Knicks keep this win streak up for? Where where will they ultimately land in the Eastern Conference standing? Of, score, of course, you'll have us covered for all that and more over at Locked on Knicks. Alex, I appreciate you stopping by Locked on NBA with me. Of course. Always a pleasure. And let's go Knicks, baby. Coming up, Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant will be away from the team indefinitely after another off-the-court incident. How concerning or is this continued trend of off-court issues for John Morant, and how does this impact the Memphis Grizzlies moving forward? We'll get there in just one moment, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, look, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories that usually comes along with it, then you've got to try Built Bar, because with Built Bar, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't even think that they're good for you. What makes Built Bar so incredible? Well, first off, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors, Strawberry, raspberry, salted caramel, cookies and cream, churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. My personal favorite is the coconut brownie chunk. You really can't go wrong with any flavor on their menu, though. They're basically they're candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. That's what they taste like. Every single bar, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And here's the best part. You don't even have to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which you can still do. I'll tell you how to do that in a second. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Just walk inside Sam's Club, Walmart, go grab a box right off the shelf. Or if online is more your speed, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your very next order of the best tasting protein bars on the market. Again, that's promo code locked on 15 for 15% off at built.com.
And final segment here at Locked On NBA Monday. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On NBA part of your day every single day. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Grizzlies, Joe Mullinax. You can find wherever you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Grizzlies. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Joe, John Morant suspended for two games after showing off what appeared to be a gun on social media at Mike Bass, spokesperson for the NBA, said that we are aware of a social media post involving John Morant and are currently investigating. Let's just start right out of the gate. I mean, Joe, how concerning is this type of behavior from the guy who is not only the face of the Grizzlies franchise, but also one of the brightest young stars in the NBA landscape? First off, thanks for having me. Second off, not to correct you on your wonderful show, but according to the Memphis Grizzlies, and that is an important distinction to make, John Morant is away from the team. Ah, so there we go. Uh, others may be saying that he's suspended. And if it talks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. But uh, the Grizzlies are not publicly saying they have suspended John Morant. Obviously, I'm being facetious. It's a suspension. <laughs> and, um, you know, first and foremost, you're concerned for the young person's safety. Of course. Right? W- when you're in a place like this, I don't know about you. Uh, when I was 23, I did dumb things. I also wasn't a multimillionaire and I didn't have millions of people following me on social media and nobody really gave a crap if I did these dumb things. So he is in the, in the eye of the world, right? And he is the face of the NBA, young NBA at least. And he's doing a lot of dumb things in this last calendar year that are cause for concern. That's not an excuse necessarily, right? He, he needs to do what he's supposed to do as a young person, develop and grow and mature. Uh, But at the same time, you know, it's concerning beyond just basketball. And I do think that that needs to be pointed out first and foremost. You want him to be okay because the behavior that has been shown, whether it's been him directly doing it, like there's no one to blame for the IG live video except for him. There's no one egging him on. There's no one saying, come on, Josh, show the gun. Like it's just him standing there at three in the morning, dancing, it looks like, and of pulling a gun out and you know waving a weapon like that is not something that's wise to do uh, anywhere uh, i think it's irresponsible to talk about memphis as a city and try to make that connection uh regardless anywhere you do that it, it's it's not a wise thing to do you know there's interstate laws that can be broken in terms of gun possession and all those sorts of things so i i'm disappointed because memphis has had a rough go of it at times and jaw seemed like and could still could be that's important to say the the best of what memphis could be and you know for whatever reason in this last calendar year there's been several uh several missteps several flub ups however you want to say it and you know you, you worry first and foremost for his safety and then from there you you worry about what his nba career could be because he he has the most to lose of anybody in any of these situations that have been brought up. He is the guy that is being primed to be the next guy. And if he is not able to figure it out, all that is going to be gone. You know, the potential of being a billion dollar athlete, the potential of more long term relationships with organizations like Nike, like Nike is not going anywhere. The NBA is not going anywhere. The Memphis Grizzlies aren't going anywhere. John Morant could go somewhere 
And, you know, hopefully all of this is is bringing that realization to the front of his mind because it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, there have been, you kind of alluded to it a couple of different times there, there have been a number of kind of off the court problems, mm-hmm. circumstances, allegations leading to police reports from this past offseason. Then there was the Pacers post-game altercation, obviously. So, you know, there's, it appears that there might be a bit of a negative pattern starting to form here, which is, you know, probably cause for significant concern. Uh, John Morant did take to apologizing before deleting social media, before disabling his Twitter, his Instagram, he went to you know, social media to say, I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. Joe, what has the response been from kind of the Grizzlies as an organization, teammates, coaches, you know, you know, kind of in the aftermath of this? Teammates and coaches, you know, aside from obviously the Clippers game on Sunday and the, the brief comments that the organization made there um there's not going to be a ton from them it's been a lot of laissez-faire hands off you know we support jaw in any way that we can that sort of stuff they're not going to air their their uh, their dirty laundry so to speak out for for the rest of the world to disseminate i do think you're going to see a lot of support i think from memphis fans there has been a lot of support uh Ironically, it's not exactly the same, but we have some experience with this when it comes to Zach Randolph, who has had a bit of a checkered past. And it's not like all of those things went away when he came to Memphis, Uh, but he was just in a position where he understood how to handle himself better, how to interact with the media better. And he also isn't a potential future face of the NBA like John Morantis. So that is a major difference. You know, Zebo being able to kind of lay low as opposed to jaw, you know, you can't be getting ready to release your first Nike shoe to the entire world and lay low. So in terms of him deleting his social media and all those sorts of things, I think that's the right step because he needs to focus on what is best for him and his family. And while people make mistakes, and it sounds like there might be more to it that we may never know about, you know, mental health is a topic that everybody discusses and you know, it manifests differently for everybody. You know, judgment is important to kind of withhold in these sort of situations. You don't know what burdens people are carrying. But at the same time, when that stuff directly impacts your ability to do your job or your ability to honor agreements, you know, the, these millions of dollars, they don't have to stay there. And I think that that's important for him to understand. And it seems like he's starting to understand it, or at least he's finally starting to listen to people. Because that's a common misconception that I, I do think I want to try to clear up, you know, just in conversations with people. My co-host, Michael Cole, there on Lockdown Grizzlies, is uh, the commercial appeals beat writer on the Grizzlies. You know, multiple people that are closer with the team than me and closer with Ja than me have said that there are people telling him these things. He needs to listen. He needs to listen. And and I think for the first time, he's actually actively listening. So hopefully in the process of this next couple of games, week, two weeks, however long he needs to take, he needs to take that time, get well. And hopefully he's listening, not just to the criticisms of him, which are fair, but he's also listening to the support from Memphis Grizzlies fans, from the organization itself. You know, it's, it's a tough time and it's, additional ammunition for people that already don't really like jaw or don't really like the Grizzlies, how they're currently acting. 
But at the same time, within that Memphis infrastructure, there's a lot of people supporting him. There's disappointment, to be sure. But I think the page has been turned from disappointment to, okay, get well, 12. You know, we're, we're, we want to see you better. You know, the basketball thing, obviously, we care about. But beyond that, we care about you as a person. We know he's a young father. We know that he, you know, has done multiple good things in the community. Obviously, this stuff isn't negated by that. But he has done good things for people. He has been very generous with his time, with his you know, post-game shoes and all those sorts of things. He goes out of his way to try to help kids in particular. So we know that there's good there. It's just trying to correct whatever's going on in his mind right now and putting him in a position to be able to be the player, but more importantly, the person that a lot of folks believe he can be. There's always much more gray area to circumstances like this than I feel like people, you know, Absolutely. everybody's so quick to make it a black or white issue. And it's just, it's, it's hardly ever the case. There always more nuance. Um, now, not only, unfortunately, are the Grizzlies dealing with the John ja Morant off court issues, uh, but they also mm. took a significant blow losing Brandon Clark, uh, a season ending Achilles tear. Unfortunately, how significant of a loss is that for Memphis moving forward the rest of this year? It's massive. I I'm happy that, Brandon signed his contract extension because you know, obviously technology is a lot better in 2023 surgically an Achilles injury is not the, the death sentence to a career that it once was. But at the same time, I know you've watched Brandon Clark a decent amount. I've watched him almost every game of his NBA career. If there was somebody in the league whose skill is dependent on bounce and the ability to get off the floor quickly, it's Brandon Clark. So I'm hopeful that he takes it again, for a very different reason, I hope Brandon takes as long as he needs. Like, obviously, he won't be ready for the start of next season. I, if he misses all of next season, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if that gave him a better chance coming back from this to be able to be the player that he is capable of being because it, it, it dramatically impacts your ability to jump, to leap, to be able to get off the ground quickly. You know, he was, has one of those fastest second, second bounces in the entire NBA. So, uh, it hurts the Grizzlies not as much this season because they have some front court depth. Steven Adams will eventually return. Uh, he's out for the Clippers game or was out, excuse me, for the Clippers game. Um, but Adams will eventually be back. Xavier Tillman has shown to be physically capable of playing. So he'll get just consistent run now as opposed to being the fifth big. And you've got guys like David Roddy who are bigger wings. They could probably play some small ball for Dylan Brooks has done that before with success. He defended Carl Anthony Towns in the playoffs last season. So there are guys in ways that they can work around this, but it's definitely impactful in terms of the way that they like to switch when he and Jaron Jackson Jr. are on the floor together. He obviously is an extremely elite finisher at the basket. I think he's around 66 or 67% field goal percentage this season. That's because he's dunking a lot or, or doing a lot of putbacks because he's getting off the ground and, and getting to the basket. So, it means a lot. It changes their defensive versatility, their switchability, and it also impacts their offense in terms of pick and roll with the reserves. There's going to be guys that have to step up, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, regardless of how long Jaw is out. We know Brandon's out for a while. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that have to show what they're physically capable of and how they can lead this team. This is the team that craves leadership. You know, the Moran stuff off the floor, now with Clark out due to an injury. Who's going to be the leader? Because the guy who was supposed to be the leader isn't there, and you just suffered a pretty sizable hit to your rotation 
you know, again, through no fault of his own in, in Brandon Clark. And then, of course, in the Clippers game, Dylan Brooks wasn't there because of uh, of a suspension. So you, you're looking for guys that are hopefully going to be able to lead them through this wilderness and get them back to a focus on basketball. Don't look now. The Kings are hot on their heels for the number two seed. And, you know, with Phoenix, the, the game that Phoenix and Dallas played on Sunday, you know, there, there's no guarantee that Memphis, if they can't keep their head above water, this thing could get worse on the floor uh, for, for this team. So they really need to rely on you know, Xavier Tillman, Santi Aldama. You know, Zaire Williams is going to be asked to kind of get back into the swing of things here. There, there's a lot of things to be nervous about. And replacing Brandon Clark, obviously, Jaw will eventually return. Now, Brandon's not coming back anytime soon. And finding a way to replicate what he does in the aggregate is going to be massively important if they hope to hold off the Kings and, and hold on to a top four seed in the Western Conference. That's unfortunately, given what's happened the last 48 hours, not guaranteed for this team at this point. Will this latest incident serve as a wake-up call for John Morant moving forward? How will the Grizzlies look with Brandon Clark's sideline for the rest of the season? Who steps up in his absence? Of course, you'll have us covered for all of that and more over at Locked On Grizzlies. Joe, I appreciate you stopping by Locked On NBA with me. Thank you, buddy, for having me. Anytime. That's going to do it for another Monday edition of Locked On NBA. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked On NBA. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked On NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.